Cause life is too short and it just gets shorter. I wish I had a quarter for all my people they slaughter. Last year alone in the dead zone. Walk straight, but don't walk late. Cause I'm coming with a hate only made from what it made me. Cause nobody ever played me. Now it's only All right, friends and fans, it's six o'clock. It is Friday night, Mutiny Radio. It's time to party. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's happy hour, the happiest hour of two hours of comedy. It, we might not go the whole time tonight. We have a real short, not a real short list, but I mean, it's, I mean, I wish that this was what it was like for Joke Workshop so we could actually give some feedback. <laughs> we can't give feedback anymore on Mondays because there's too many fucking comics. And it's like, what are they doing on a Friday? Are they all booked? Please. All right. Maybe they are. All right. Well, we have some comedians that are going to perform for each other right now until the throngs of people come in, if they do. And um, your first comedian, he is such an interesting character. He not only writes hilarious jokes, he plays like 1888 original baseball. Like they call it some other game like softball, but um, they use, they like, they're, it's like barehanded. They're nuts with the rag balls. Anyways, he's very funny and you're going to laugh at his jokes. Put your hands together, everyone, for Josh Kotsky. <laughs> Eighteen eighty six vintage league baseball we play because the med bags all have leeches and cocaine in them. Uh how you doing, man? How's it feel to be the only two Oakland A's fans? Cool. Uh, I had a first person view of it, hell yeah. I was I was you s- you saw the knee the person on the knees? Yeah. Wait, do you re- do you remember me now? Do you okay. I had a I don't know. I don't know how to start this. Whatever. Uh, I saw a commercial while I was watching TV earlier about this guy who was dealing with moderate to severe cystic fibrosis. And I just thought, wow, that must suck to have the entire spectrum of a disease. That would be horrible. I got diagnosed with a disease myself last year. Uh, And when you're diagnosed with a disease, a lot of people will say that it's tough to have a disease, but it's even worse for the people who are closest to you. And as someone who deals with lactose intolerance, the people closest to me have suffered. (laughs) I'm a very anxious person, and I'm very gassy, which can be really confusing because you feel both of those emotions right up in here. So sometimes when I feel a tightness in my chest, I have to sit myself down and just be like, okay, are you having a panic attack or did you eat cheese? Uh, I'm very anxious. I have to ask my girlfriend all the time if she's breaking up with me because I'm terrified of that. Last time I asked her, she was like, Josh, breaking up with you is the last thing I want. So it's on her list. She just has some chores she needs to do first, you know. I hope she doesn't break up with me because I love her and because I can't afford my marina apartment without her and because I don't want to have to be single again. I have no idea how to flirt. Here's how bad I am at flirting. In college, I was in this fraternity. And every week, we'd hold parties. Every week, I'd flirt with women. Every week, I'd get rejected. And in my senior year, this girl comes up to me, and she's like, Josh, thank you so much for having us. It's it's just so nice to be somewhere where the guys aren't all just trying to sleep with us. I'm so bad at flirting, I accidentally made my fraternity a safe space for women. I was, uh... Yeah, applause breaks with three people. Fuck, sorry, four. Uh, I I wasn't a I wasn't a fraternity, and we like didn't we didn't do anything. But it's 
I don't know. There, there's like this vibe around fraternity guys that's kind of hard to shake off. Um, like a buddy of mine went to a party once and we brought a beer bong and a backpack full of beers and we were just trying to have fun. So we were like, you know, cracking these things into the beer bong and drinking them and we we're offering the, the drinks up to people. And this girl asked if she could do it. So we were like, yeah, sure. And we cracked the drink in front of her and we pour it and she's about to start drinking it. And then this guy off in the corner goes, they probably roofied that thing. And that is social checkmate. There's no move I can make there that makes me seem okay. I can't be like, oh, shit, guess we have to go. Can't be like, no, don't. Why would you say that? Don't don't tell her. Just ruining it. So I, I did the only thing that I could think of. I just I chugged the drink, and I left. And the rest of the night is kind of fuzzy. I don't really remember much of it, but, you know. I was very sore the next morning. My roommate seemed happy. He was chilling. Ooh, for those on the radio, the sexiest woman in comedy just walked in. Hey there. <laughs> Love you, Lauren. Um, all right, let's do this one real quick. Uh, I am Jewish. Uh, I got bullied a lot for being Jewish in school. Uh, the kids at my, at my high school and middle school used to do this thing called Jew hunting. I know. Jew hunting is where you take a nickel and you roll it down the hallway, and when Lauren picks it up, you know you found yourself a Jew. I know, it was horrible. But, like, it kind of made me wonder, like, really? You're going to prove how cheap I am, and you're rolling nickels? Like, roll a quarter, roll a goddamn dollar coin, fold a $100 bill into a paper airplane and throw it at me. That'll show me. And the teachers never did anything about it. Like, I asked them, and they were like, boys will be boys. They never did anything, which was really confusing to me uh, until we paid for the new high school football stadium in loose change. And I was like, I get it. They always say to end on a 12-second silence, so that's what I'm going to do. Thank you all for your time. Give it up for Pam Benjamin. Yay! For Josh Kotsky, yay! Sacagawea! Sock it to them. Have fun um, playing your wild, wacky game. All right. He is fantastic. Go check out his Silver Cloud Showcase the first Tuesday of the month at uh, Silver Cloud in the marina. All right. Your next comedian. Clap your hands on a wild slappy-like motion for Honorog Popolo. The only other Oakland A fan going wild. Okay. I, um, I'm at a weird point in my life. Uh, like four years ago, I looked like a normal, innocent boy. And like now I look like an active threat. You know? Like people see me and they're like, I think that's the guy from the Amber Alert. I think we should call the cops right now. I have this interesting trick I do. Um, whenever the rent gets too high in my neighborhood, I'll just kind of like stand outside my house. And, like, two white families move out, and everything goes back to normal. It's fucking amazing. I love it. Somebody came up to me the other day and said, uh, dude, you don't smell as bad as I thought you would. Like, sheesh. I, I don't think you could say that to people. What else? I don't know. I just feel like I kind of look like the guy who works at a food truck who says shit like, normally it is $9.99, but for you, my friend, nine ninety eight. Great deal. Yeah. 
I look like I'm just going to show up to my daughter's wedding in a tracksuit. Like, that's just kind of the vibe I'm giving. Enough about me. Uh, what else? What else did I do? I um, uh, Do you guys know what exposure therapy is? Exposure therapy? Yeah. I, uh, I'm a big believer in exposure therapy. Uh, one time I even shoved my sister into the deep end of our swimming pool to help her get over her fear of being attacked by her family. That shit did not work. Yeah. What else? I have a lot of... Uh, I have a lot of New Year's resolutions. Uh, one of them was to stop being an asshole. Uh, it's just like my New Year's resolution sheet is just like a piece of paper with the word asshole written on it and a big X over it. But like, yeah, I'm I'm trying not to be an asshole. Like one day I even helped an old lady cross the street. Yeah. Uh, I should add, though, she was a racist old lady. And uh, I didn't really help her cross the street as much as I kind of like stood on her side of the street. Then she saw me, and then she crossed the street on her own. I encouraged an old lady across the street. I'll say that. Um, what else? I was uh, I was at a girl's house a few months ago setting up for, like, a Halloween party. And um, I, uh, I was wearing a basketball jersey. And she was like, oh, is your costume uh, – are you supposed to be a basketball player? I was like, yeah. Are you supposed to be a goblin? And she was like – I haven't put on my costume yet, so I haven't been to a girl's house since. Okay, what else? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, have you ever, uh, like, whenever you hear someone say, uh, this is the best day of my life, this is the best day of my life, it's usually, like, a good day for them. Like, it's, like, it's like, th- like their the birth of their child or, like, their graduation, or some something like really amazing, and you feel happy for them. You feel happy for them when you they say, "This is the best day of my life." But recently, I heard somebody say, uh, "This is the best day of my life," and I like immediately felt bad for them. You know, like I was like, "Dude, we're in a Denny's right now. It's 3 a.m. Our waitress is missing most of her teeth. Like, I'm pretty sure the guy in the corner booth is dead. Like, I don't. This is." There's like five different people in here wearing eye patches. This is not this should not qualify as the best day of your life. I don't know. And if it is, just keep that shit to yourself. I don't anyway, that was that was fun. That was my time. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Never underestimate the power of Moons Over Miami. No one remembers what Moons Over Miami is. All right, you're all children. No one you Lauren remembers. Okay. You guys are like, what's that? That's what's a Denny's? We all go to IHOP. All right, uh, your next comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody. Sean Derham, yay! wasn't like closed at the end. It was like one of those things. Like, you know when you're putting on a turtleneck? And I didn't realize, though, this is like an issue of a lot of uh, uncut people have. Like, uh, they never talk about it. Like, they don't like media. News. But, uh,. I did have to get it opened uh, by a medical professional. It was my dentist. 
Um, so I was, uh, arousing. And, um, I will say, I, I'm not really into, like, weird shit. Like, when you're, like, killing your friend. Or open a broken phone. <laughs> but, uh, I, I got that warning. Have you guys seen it? Like, it was like, are you 18? Right, and I was realized like, who's that for? Honest teenagers, because like, who's gonna see that and be like, oh shit, I didn't realize this wasn't porn for kids my age. And also, like, if you are mature enough to actually answer that question, no, I feel like you should be free to watch that eighteen video you clicked on. But I'll, I I will say I do kind of like that they're looking out for the kids. Like, you know, it's nice. I, I always say it, you know. One one more thing on that. Uh, you guys can tell me how you feel about this one. Kids bother. The porn. Okay, I'll move on. <laughs> um. I well from Northern California. I was a uh, actually father and mother to I was a uh, born in January actually, which is I don't know is nine months April. So I was either uh, uh, or in a wild or 20 or my father okay let's move on to one last thing uh, just to end it on a little bit of a serious note um, my partner did just recently get in a pretty bad car accident and uh, she actually broke her back but uh, there is like good news she isn't paralyzed Okay, I'm just going to give up the rest of my time. Thank you so much. Hi, see what you did there, Sean Darren. Yay, that was funny. I watched a stupid thing on the TV, um, and one of the girls looks at a guy, and she goes, would you still love me if I was a worm? And he's like, no. And why do girls ask stupid questions like that? But if you love a person and they get hit by a car and they break themselves, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I think it'd be hot to fuck a, a wheelchair person. No? Okay. I don't know. That's cool. You got a little chair everywhere you go. And you get front of the line? Fucking hell yeah, I'm in. I'll stick around. Uh, sorry, I'm a narcissist and so shallow. I didn't mean to say things like that on the radio. Your next comedian. <laughs> like, all right, this is people who listen to this. <laughs> uh, your next comedian, clap your hands together for the international comedian, Dan Guan. <laughs> Oh, thanks for that's that's called stalling. That's how you buy time. That's how we do it. All right. That's why why you're wondering. We gotta get a new phone. That's how it works. 
Um, all right, some things about me, uh, guys. I have long hair. Yeah, we fuck with guys with long hair. Yeah. You, I know you literally fuck guys with long hair. I know that for, for a fact. I, I wasn't pointing at you. You you are hiding the fact that you fuck guys with long hair. Never mind. I, no, I'm kidding. It's cool. It's cool. I think I actually think more more men should grow out their hair. Like I think that's a full blank statement because real lately when when I've grown out my hair, it taught me a lot about it taught me a lot of hardships that women go through. Like ladies, you guys never told me how hard it is to maintain long hair and how much fun it could be. Which is why now exactly when when I'm like hooking up with someone and she says, Pull my hair, I go, Me too. Like it's just So now I'm a feminist. That's how I how I do it. Cool. All right, cool. Um let's see, speaking of dating, uh a lot of times my friends will ask me, they're like, Hey Dan, like what do you look for uh in a partner? And uh the re I came to the recent conclusion that uh my future spouse has to be fashionable. Full stop. Has to be fashionable. Because as a guy who also wears a lot of, like, fashionable items, I don't want to be looked like the guy that just settled. You know? Like, it's just, like, it would be really weird if, like, I came out with a, the whole designer outfit. She came out with, like, a Google hoodie, and they go, we know how he bought that outfit. You know? It's just, okay, there might be something there. Anyway. Um, I recently made a conclusion that I think so it's it, – all right, let me scratch that. Uh, actually, um, you know, we re I think I recently made the conclusion that I think white people take – cultural holidays too much seriously, you know, especially white women. And I get it, right? You guys are too excited about celebrating the holidays. You want to be a part of the fun. Um, but I think sometimes white women take the holidays way too seriously, like sometimes wearing dashikis for Kwanzaa, uh, wearing sombreros for Cinco de Mayo, um, doing a Santa Con for Christmas. Santa Claus ain't even a real person, which is so crazy. Yeah, one day I was walking by this party at a bar, and I saw a whole bunch of white chicks rocking a, a bunny suit. And I asked the guy, I was like, oh, is Easter around the corner? And they were like, no, they're celebrating the year of the, the bunny for Chinese New Year. I was like, what? Okay, you guys, uh, all right, no, that's, we're going to scratch that joke. Never mind then. Uh, do it for the culture. Do it for the culture. Um, let's do this. Okay, cool. Uh, so uh, I've been, uh, I've, I recently come out of, uh, I recently came out of working from home. Uh, now we're going back to the office. And I think one of the funnest things that people will always say is, uh, oh, my God, you look taller than I expected. Uh, recently, one coworker I met for the first time, she goes, oh, my God, you're shorter than I expected, which is kind of bizarre because it's almost like if I ask somebody, hey, why do I give short king energy? And it's because you were screaming at the whole entire virtual meeting. And I'm like, I was on mute the whole entire time. How could you even tell? Okay, cool. All right, all right we're... This is called a bombing run, guys. This is called a bombing run. Um, thank you, Pam. All right. Uh, one last joke. One last joke. I uh, I think we need to. I think we need we need to increase rep uh, positive representation of Asians. You know, and I think we've done a lot of great strides. I moved to California recently. I didn't realize that you guys really like Asian men out here so much. Like I recently saw an ad the other day that just said, uh, "Are you a strong, smart, positive man?" And it showed an Asian man on the front. Then come on down. To the Northern California Sperm Bank, that's where we need you the most. And I'm like, oh, no wonder I see so many half Asian kids walking around here. That makes so much more sense. Okay, cool. Uh, I've been Jimmy O. Yang. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Hey. Hooray for Dan Guan. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I couldn't believe I, when I found out that um, Keanu Reeves was half Japanese, I was like, why have we not been touting this about forever? 
Like, it's a fucking secret? Why would it be? I was like, damn, because Keanu Reeves is one of the hottest men alive. And he, anyway, okay. Uh, back to the list. And Kavita has not made it. Is she hovering by the door? She is not. Put your hands together for your next comedian, everybody. It's Brady Pearson. Well, hello, Mutiny Radio. It's me, Brady, your local homosexual. How are y'all doing? So excited to be with you guys today. And like, so I have some questions about like, are there any straight guys in the house tonight? Straight guys? Okay, I'm 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 trying to understand heterosexuality and maybe some commentary. So this is gonna be a give and take relationship. Maybe you're used to that, but if you're dating women, probably not. Okay, so let's go with this. Like, are there so are there any cocksuckers in the house? Cocksuckers? Yes? No. People. Am I really supposed to believe? Okay, let me let me try something else. Men, are there any alpha males in the room? Alpha males. Okay, now I'm I'm old. Okay, and I'm trying to understand what's happening. Now I think there's this thing called the Twitter thingy-ma-bopper. Does anyone hear this thing? No, there's alpha males everywhere, and it seems like there's every fucking alpha male the voice. But whenever I seem to ask this question, there's not one. So there's not a single alpha male in this house? Other cocksuckers, because I'm one. Does anybody have a problem? Guys, have you ever... So, do you guys have a problem with cocksucking? Anybody? Do you have a problem with it? So you've tried. So you've tried. Thank you. That's my next joke. So is there a single guy in this room who has not tried to suck their own cock? You're a liar. You're a fucking... You thought about it. You thought about it, didn't you? You thought about sucking your own fucking dick. And the thing is, you straight guys are so mad at guys that are just better at it than you. So don't use cocksucker as a, as a derogatory. What would you do if you didn't have it? Wouldn't that be weird? Can you imagine a single straight guy that would shut his eyes and go, oh, please stop sucking my cock. No, you can't. See, straight guys aren't, you know, they're like, oh, my God. Makes me uncomfortable. This gay guy is, like, reading us for filth. It's about time. Let's see. And because I feel so close to this room tonight, so warm, I want to share with you the fantasy of a, Voice camp that could have been, but never was. In scenic, like put a tin me, Wisconsin, where the boys are hung and the games are long. Mm. I remember the days we would just go full and fun in the sun and shower and wash each other clean and go to the mess hall and sing the theme song and win a little something like that. Excuse me, I get a little choked up. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> oh, I love you. Put it in me. Put it in me every day. Love you. Put it in me. Put it in me all the way. On your shore. Put it in me. I am yours. You. 
put it in me, put it in me every game. Thank you, I'm Brady. <laughs> Brady Pearson, everyone! Hooray! All right, I'm really excited for your next comedian. Clap your hands together for Lauren Kraut. Yay! Oh, I like that. That's cool. <laughs> Do you think cavemen needed eight hours of sleep? And if they did, how did they find out that they were getting them? I think the word came on down from on high from the Cavemen Medical Association. And they said eight hours of sleep is optimal. And so the people wanted to comply. So they asked themselves, what is an hour? And where can I get eight of them? Wait, there's more. Oh, what shit? What is that next part? Hold on, new joke, new joke. Where can I get the eight of them? Oh, and um, uh, uh, caveman mother says, Bam Bam, go to sleep now, and you wake up in eight hours. Uh, I need to know what eight hours was. Let's see. Um, we'll just sleep until your father gets home with the boar. Then it'll be time to eat anyway. But mommy, what if daddy only say snags a little bird like he did last time? Your father is many things, Bam Bam, but a good provider is not one of them. Still, he's a, he's a tiger in the sack, and so I'm that's good enough for me. So we'll figure out this eight-hour thing uh, and another joke. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. All right. Um, here's one that's all typed out. How we talk is amazing when you think about it. You have an idea. You have an impulse to communicate something to someone, and you have an idea, and it floats out as words out of your mouth on, on, like on the breath and you have this communication with people, which is like magic. And when it doesn't work, when there's miscommunication, that's where the fun begins. <laughs> because um, there's miscommunication, misunderstanding, and frequently on the heels of that, a bitter divorce ending in a fight, a knife fight in the alley. Why don't you ever listen to me? Stab, stab, stab. But we take it all for granted now how we talk and how we communicate. But what about the first people who, going back to cavemen days, when they were just beginning to communicate and they didn't have a, a language, a, com a common language, and they were saying, and the neighbor replies, pow. And that was the first world war. But wasn't in the books because they didn't have books then. There wasn't any communication uh, language there. So, um, it wasn't written down. That came much later when people discovered that you could uh, make money on selling information. I'll give you two mangoes for the news you have and not a mango more. I'll take nothing less than two mangoes and a goat for what I have to tell you is beyond informative. It is life-altering. Oh, okay, all right, here. Here's my goat. Here's my mango. Um, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Tell me you're ready. <laughs> the great leader has decreed we build a wall to keep out the barbarians. 
That's not news. I knew that already. Everyone knows that. Give me back my mangoes and goat. Thank God. That didn't work out. It didn't, it didn't, um, no, okay. All right, fuck that. You like the mangoes and goat? All right. I'll end on this one. Um, there's nothing like saying oy vey. There's nothing like it. You can say fuck you or oh fuck or fuck this shit. Well, maybe fuck you. Maybe that's okay as oy vey. But oy vey says calamity. It says frustration. Oy vey, my car. Oy vey. It says heartache and foreboding. Oy vey. I dropped the toaster in the baby's bath water. So guess what we're having for dinner tonight? Oy vey, that took a dark turn. Okay, pizza. We're having pizza. All right, thank you. That's all my time. Yay, Lauren! And all new jokes working out the new stuff at Mutiny Radio. All right. Uh, your next comedian, what a what a tall drink of water. Uh, put your hands together, everybody, for Sam West. Yay! So Head a little bit the past few weeks. Let's start off with some good news. Any of you guys ever wonder if carrots and pumpkins feel jealous that oranges won the color? No, I'm not the only one. I had a great idea last night. I needed ice. Freezer's been broken. last night. Super happened to vacuum. Got a problem with house. But I was vacuuming, had the headphones cranked up on so loud that I never realized that vacuum cleaner had been off the entire time. <laughs> All I could think was, fuck man. This gave my house a forty seven minute belly rub. Then I did the math, realized I only had thirteen minutes left to brush its teeth with the mop and smelly breath all day. It was it was a rough day for my house, you know? So I recently got one of those Roomba vacuum cleaners. Those little robots, you let them go, they map out your house, send all the data to Amazon. It sketches me out a little, so, so from time to time, I like to put it on a treadmill, let it go for a while. I like to think maybe somewhere high up in his evil tower, Jeff Bezos, slowly but surely losing his mind, trying to figure out why Sam has a four-mile-long hallway in the middle of his studio apartment. This is how it's going to go tonight, by the way. <laughs> All right. Uh, we couldn't. I'll do this. Uh, my grandfather was a magician who collected hats. When when he passed away, he had amassed over a hundred and ten hats, so many that my family and I had no other choice but to kill all of the rabbits that would sprout out of them. Couldn't keep up with their reproductive rate, so we trained the Roomba to hunt and kill them. Fucked up game of Alien vs Predator in our living room. The only ones that survived were the ones smart enough to bolt down the four-mile hallway. But they, too, soon met their untimely fate when a surprise attack from Jeff Bezos ended their lives with a katana. Getting, this is getting so out of hand. I don't, I don't know. It's a little rusty. It's okay. I, I'm a little hungover, too. I'm not going to lie. I had to kill the whole entire six-pack to myself last night. I'm not going to lie, though. They were the greatest tasting whiskey-scented candles I've ever had in my life. 
No, I, I set limits, you know, just one, just two tonight. But, uh, man, those first couple went down just like those other water-scented things. Some old stories. <laughs> all right, let's change up the pace here. I've been doing some uh, rapid fire, and uh, let's do a slow burner, all right? I call this one scissors. Fuck. Keep forgetting. That kind of ruins the punchline. Let's, uh, let's do a different joke. I'll do scissors next week. I'm here every week, all right? Here's a different, here's a different slow one, okay? My father used to mess with me all the time, you know, tell me crazy lies just so that he could have the joy of seeing how I reacted over time as I slowly learned. I remember one time, we first moved into our house. Little kid, he told me, he said, hey, Sammy, just so you know, I bought this house from a lesbian couple. Your new bedroom is their old love room. I was a four-year-old. That's a weird-ass thing to say to a four-year-old. I had no idea what he meant. But looking back, I think he might have been telling the truth. Because I have nostalgic powerful, vivid memories of my old bedroom distinctly smelling like the faint scent of scissors. I was planning that the entire time. <laughs> all right, all right, we're having fun. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. I'll get off with this. This isn't really a joke as much as a, a massive play. That maybe will be a joke. I learned how to masturbate at a young age. I didn't really learn. That's a weird way to start that off. Like, I, I figured it out. You know what I mean? There was no mentor. I'd, I'd be down with that. That'd be dope, though, if, like, a voice came out of this. Sam, go to the Dagobah system. Spend my summer as a 15-year-old in the forest with Yoda on my back doing that. Firm grip. All right, we'll end it there. Thanks, everybody. Nice to meet you. We'll soon be fine. Sam West, everyone. Hooray. Ending on a Star Wars joke like a professional. Hell yeah. All right. It looks like some of the people who signed up have not made it here yet. So Kavita has not made it, nor has Colin Braun. I do not believe that Lillian Sam is in the room. Uh, but next we have on the list, everybody put your hands together for Daraj. What's up, guys? Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, so, uh, trying out some new stuff. That's like a warning. This is probably not going to be that good, but bear with me. Bear with me. Uh, so, um, I have this buddy, Chad. He's like my boy. Like, this guy's like one of my closest friends, but like, he's kind of a loser, you know? Like, um, he like refuses to get a job, you know? He like stays with his parents. He's been there for years. He, like, watches anime all day and smokes weed, you know? <laughs> All right, a couple, couple of fans of Chan's, Chad's lifestyle right here. But um, uh, now I went um, unrelated, but I went on a date with this girl. I went on a couple dates with her, actually. And I thought I really liked her. And then I found out she hooked up with Chad. And then I, like, never texted her again, you know. And then, like, like I immediately lost all interest. And I was just thinking, that's, like, a crazy level of, like, being unattractive where you like make other people unattractive through the transitive property, you know? Yeah. Like that's that's fucking insane, you know? Like like dude, I was like like I was thinking like like what the fuck is wrong with this girl, dude? She thought Chad was hot. And then I was like, "Damn, what's wrong with me? I thought she was hot, you know? It's like like if you're insecure about how unattractive you are, you're probably not so ugly that you made like you broke someone's perception of reality, you know? 
So, all right, that one needs some work. Good feedback. Good feedback here. Uh, fucking, um, <laughs> we can save it for later, man. <laughs> uh, fucking, um, see what else we fucking got. Uh, so, uh, I was at this Chinese restaurant the other day, and uh, it was like 3 a.m., and the waitress, she had, like, a baby on her back, like, she had one of those things where you can, like, carry a baby, and, like, it was kind of a painful reminder of the immigrant experience, you know? But it was also how you know that food was fucking fire, dude. That shit was so good. All right, cool. This is, this is, this is cool, man. Like, I don't know. Damn, dude. <laughs> but, uh, no, dude, like, it, no, it's for real, dude. Like, I feel like, um, you know, like, the less comfortable you are as a person, the better your cooking is, you know? That's, like, why white people, like, suck at it, you know? Jeez, dude, this is <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> Damn, dude, I was excited about these new jokes. I was, like, driving up here. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. This is going to be a fun day. Not how it turned out. Man. All right, so uh, let's see. I got one more. You guys remember that movie 300? You guys remember that? Yeah, like um, that was like, like I, I came out when th that was like I was a middle school boy when that came out, you know. So it was kind of a big deal for me and like all my friends. Like looking back, that movie was really weird, you know, because it was like, like it was kind of racist. Like it was just a bunch of white dudes like just fucking up a bunch of brown people, you know. But also, it was, like, kind of progressive because that was, like, the most homoerotic shit I've seen up to that point, you know? Like, they were just, like, super, like, exposed. Like, they didn't even have armor. Like, it was just, like, them showing up their, like, oiled up abs for, like, most of the movie, you know? And I don't know. That, that must have led to a lot of mixed feelings back in the day, you know? Like, some white dude in the South who's just, like, not come to terms with his sexuality yet. Must have been watching that shit like, yeah, this name. There ain't nothing a bunch of white boys can't do with their brave hearts, their oiled up abdominal muscles, and their strong arms. Jesus Christ, damn. <laughs> this is this was an interesting experience, guys. But um uh yeah, have a great rest of your night. Gerard, I'm not gonna try to say your last name because it would make me sound racist. Okay. No, I'm. It's. I'm. I'm joking. You have. I'm. I, and also, I can't see that far. Um. So no, I honestly can't. Like, I don't have my glasses on. Uh. So I'm gonna come around and do jokes. Yes. Are the four of you significantly freaked out? Our third row here. Are you? Are we? Were we scaring you? It's a little bit scary. Do you guys have any favorite Bible verses you want to share with the group? <laughs> My favorite Bible verse is Leviticus twenty twelve, which is if you sleep with your father in law, you should both be stoned. I love to be stoned, friends. I like drugs. You can tell I look like that aunt that sold you weed, right? Remember that one lady? Come on, sold you weed when you were a kid. It was. We were across the Thanksgiving table, and she's like, Shh, why do you smell weird? The weed. It's true. Uh, big pothead. Also, I have, uh, you know, a lot of mental issues. I've been trying to do a lot of acid to get my head together. Hasn't been working. I tried. Last weekend, I thought for four hours about breast milk. My God, why? 
so weird, but it's true. Like no one ever thinks about it. Women have these glands on our body. And when the hormones are right, we produce a liquid from a gland that has both nutritive and calorative content to feed children. No one thinks that's weird or magical. Like what? And then, and then it's so crazy. We figured out, oh wait, we can do this to animals and we can eat their weird liquid that they secrete that has nutritive and calorative content, right? And we run it through a homogenizer and a pasteurizer and it becomes sour cream and cheese and delicious, wonderful things, right? No, and that the vegans can't eat. So then I was thinking, oh, what if I use my body in the way God intended and not to have a baby because that's gross, but to milk my tit juice to make cheese to save the vegans? Because vegans don't eat cheese from cows because you can't ask the cow for consent for their milk. But my milk, 100% consent-based milk to save the vegans, right? Men also can create a liquid with both nutritive and calorative content. And we're not doing anything with that. Before you think I'm advocating that babies suck dick, that is not what I am saying. <laughs> I'm saying that in the Bible they say, do not spill your seed upon the ground, and I don't think that's about masturbation. I think we're supposed to be eating that in a meaningful way. Like maybe the key to solving world hunger is inside your ball sack. We could save the world together, homogenize it, pasteurize it, turn it into nut butter. To save the vegans. No, I'm kidding. That's it. Although I do smoke and eat so much marijuana that if we did use my glandular secretions to make cheese to save the vegans, I could actually make TH cheese. And then the question becomes, can I get high off my own supply? Can I finally reach weed singularity? Oh, I, I super love weed. You guys don't seem like pot. I, I, I smoke so much weed, I think you're high. That's, that's what's <laughs> happening right now. Like, that's, that's what's happening. No, do you ever smoke so much weed that you forget how your own shower works? Does that happen to anyone? Like, in the morning, yeah, I'm glad I'm getting nods. I'm seriously in there in the morning, and I'm like, it's, it's hot, it's cold. I've been living there for 13 years. It's like Airbnb in my own home. It's <laughs> how does this fucking shower work? Why is there cat litter all over the floor? Paying a lot of money for this place. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, last thing about weed. I, life's been pretty good lately, and I'm just trying to not die. My parents actually came. I hadn't talked to my mother in 12 years. I hadn't seen her or talked to her in 12 years. And they were here on a cruise, and they went out of their way to come here to the station. They'd never been here. And my mom walked in the door, and the first thing she said to me was, oh, my God, you look so skinny. And all of my past issues just, poof, are gone. I was like, oh, my God, I love you. This is great. <gasps> Eating disorder when? <laughs> and then my dad said he was proud of me. And I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to get struck by lightning. My life is over. It's too good. So I've had to take a lot of safety precautions to not die. So I've been smoking a lot less pot in the morning before my showers to avoid those nasty slip and falls, terrible burns. <laughs> uh, I've removed choking hazards from my house. No more stone fruits, no more peaches, no more plums, no more tiny pretzels, no more 26-year-old men. <laughs> Can you imagine I die suffocating on jizz? <laughs> Jesus learned to swallow, Benjamin. 
And at my funeral, Lauren's there, and she's like, oh, at least Pam died doing what she loved. 26-year-olds. Yep. As an addendum to that joke, of course I swallow. Uh, but I always leave a little bit just for witchcraft. Oh, right. Okay, that was my time up for today. So let's figure out what's going on here. Um, one of you is here for comedy. I think you in the back, right? And tell me your name again. Jackson. Okay, I'll put you on the list. Don't worry. And we have CJ. I put you on the list, too. We've got Ruby. We'll put you on the list. You four are here for him. Are we scaring the crap out of you? Are you okay? Okay. I'm just, I'm like, Dan Britton is here. Did you bring these two uh, lovely guys? Are these comics? Who are these people? Oh, you're just watching. Well, there's seats up here. Come on up. Um, I didn't realize you were doing comedy. Um, thanks, Daraj. That's great. Hey, um, thanks for being here. That's cool. How'd you hear about it? Just walking by? Wow. Fucking rad. Um, all right. Well, um, hey, Dan, are you, will you wow him? You're going to do it? Everybody? All right. Sweet. Uh, put your hands together. Because well, I'm going to go mess with the list, put everybody on and stuff like that. Put your hands together, everybody, for Dan Britton. What's my favorite word? Try this one. Is this a Bay Area crowd? No. <laughs> this is a geographically challenged crowd. Let's just stop. Come on in, white people. Come sit up front. The girl with the red hair is like, all right. <laughs> uh, my name is Dan, and I just want to say I fucking love uh, ladies. I love the ladies, but this, this may be an entire set of me hating on my buddy's girlfriend. So praise yourselves for that. Last weekend, I was over at my buddy's house, and uh, we're watching the NFC Championship. My 49ers are fucking imploding in front of my eyes. And look, I'm not saying don't watch football games with your buddy's girlfriends in the rooms, but don't watch football games with your buddy's girlfriend in the rooms if your buddy's girlfriends don't watch football. My team, who I was anticipating going to the Super Bowl, is fucking imploding in front of me. I'm pulling the hair out of my head, and she's asking, does New Hampshire have a football team? No. <laughs> no, it does not, nor does it deserve one. Does Jerry Rice still play, or is he retired? No, he's retired. Well, when did he retire? Uh, 2002. Okay, so this joke is going great. Yo, you guys love this shit. All right. I have to say, one of my favorite parts of my buddies being in a relationship that I get to be a part of is asking them, how did you all meet? Because it's two f totally fundamentally differently told stories. I asked my buddy Chuck, like, hey, how'd you guys meet? Ah, met her at a bar. Girlfriend's ever in the room. It's always the same reaction. Ah. Why don't you tell the whole story? And guys are so dumb, they're like, what, what? Okay, Amber, tell the whole story. Okay, so, so I was born in 1993. <laughs> and I went to UCLA, well, for a year. And then I was like, I didn't really like it, I wanted to transfer, so I went to Georgia. And then I realized I liked it there even less, so then I went back to UCLA, study marketing. So where does he come in? I'm getting there, I'm getting there. <laughs> So I have this friend, Claudia, 
who I went to school with like since I was in fifth grade. We were best friends since fifth grade, except for the one year where she was on my <laughs> fucking soccer team, and then she was like st totally stabbed me in the back one game. But like, anyway, anyway. So I'm at UCLA, and after school, I'm thinking, what am I gonna do? I don't know what I'm gonna do. My, I don't want to. I don't want to live with my parents. I don't want to go to Nicaragua. <laughs> How would you guys meet? <laughs> okay, stop. So I was out one night with my friend Claudia. This was in, couldn't have been 2014, maybe 2015? Because 2014, that was whenever she was in Faded Delta Chi, right? Where are we in this conversation? <laughs> I'm getting there, okay, okay. So I was at a bar and this guy walks in, right? And I'm there with my friend Claudia and I turn to my friend Claudia and I'm like, wow, Claudia, that guy's really cute. And she's like, wow, yeah, he really is cute. And I'm like, you think he's going to come talk to us? Or like, should we go like, do I look okay? Like, yeah, you look great. You, don't worry. So then we're standing by the bar. And then, and then these other guys try to talk to me. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. I want to talk to this other guy. But he won't fucking come up and talk to me. So then a bar fight breaks out. And then six people get shot. But then I'm one of the witnesses, right? So they take me down to the police station and then they have like a line of people where they're like, pick the guy who, who was the one with the gun who did the shooting. And lo and behold, who's holding sign number four in this police lineup? That same cute guy. <laughs> so I say, officer, it was number one. And by the way, can I have number four's phone number? <laughs> Just kidding, didn't happen like that at all, okay. How did you meet? How? <laughs> well, fine. You don't like the way I tell the story. I'm not going to tell you the story, okay? <laughs> anyway, does Toronto have a volleyball team? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good night, guys. Happy Friday. Yay, Dan Britton. I love that story. That was that was an amazing act out. I like that new joke. All right. Hey, everybody, put your hands together for your next comedian. It's Dominium Sims. Yay! Time. Time. Hello. Hi. Yes. Fuck you guys, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's just common courtesy. You know, that's all. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, so I'll tell you guys a real quick. Yeah, you hooked me up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So uh, I have some old jokes and I have a new joke. It's been a while and it's not easy to do this. If you haven't been up here before, it's not easy. So here we go. Uh, so what's a drug addict's favorite movie? Speed. Yeah, speed, speed. That's right. Uh, why is the ocean salty? Because the sky is bigger. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, so uh, I used to watch Soul Train in amazement. All right. The force, the power of the dancing, was like watching ancient people performing ancient seances. And it could be, uh, it could be why people believed in voodoo. Uh, you know, the witch doctors cursing someone or something in the backgrounds, their ooga booga friend, uh, hopping around with all kinds of ridiculous athleticism and uh, flashing all kinds of crazy exp uh, facial expressions. Uh, 
All right, I'm going to go to another joke right now. Uh, so you guys are familiar with the Escape from Alcatraz Triathlon? It's an event where 2,000 athletes start at Alcatraz. They swim a mile and a half in cold, choppy water uh, till they get to San Francisco. When they get to San Francisco, they ride a bike through the hills for 18 miles and then finish the race running an eight-mile trail. Years ago, a 40-something-year-old who's not so handicapped for missing one arm placed in the top 20. Uh, he was interviewed after the competition, and the guy was quoted saying, I would have finished sooner if I wasn't swimming in circles at the start. All right, so uh, I used to watch Soul Train in Amazement. <laughs> um, the force and the power of the dancing was like watching ancient people performing ancient seances. Uh, it could be why people believed in voodoo, watching Ooga Booga Friend hopping around. I've been working on this goddamn thing for fucking months. All right, I'm done. Good night, everybody. I know. Hey, Dominic Simpson, this is hard to do, everybody. It's good. It's good. Thanks for doing it and putting in the time and trying. And yay, your next comedian is, uh, hey, the new, uh, um, what's even the term? What's the name we gave you? The media director is that the right word i don't know uh, but she works for muni radio now <laughs> put your hands together for emily rudolph yes. um hi everybody so uh who here is excited for valentine's day everybody no a couple of, a couple of people me either um but i have been thinking about it a little bit you know Shopper underwear and stuff. So I was standing in a Victoria's Secret the other day by myself. And <laughs> I was staring at one of those um, bondage style body suits, you know, the kind with all the slits and the straps that make you wonder where your nipple's supposed to go. Um, and I'm looking at it mostly just confused. And this Victoria's Secret girl comes walking over to me at her job and she's like, just think of how amazing you will look on Valentine's Day. Just picture yourself in this outfit with your partner. It'll be just so sexy and sultry and alluring. And she's describing a fine chocolate to me. And I'm standing there after like two boxes of buy one, get one pork buns. And all I can think about while I'm looking at this thing is just being like curled up in a flush burrito during sex with like skin popping out all little holes, like the sight of my great aunt's thighs from beneath a lawn chair. Like, no, it's gross. <laughs> it's disgusting and nobody needs that. So um, anyway, if that didn't warm you up for this, uh, I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. So I'm not sure if you could tell by my sense of humor, but um, what that actually means is that I have a Fox News dad and uh, what that, <laughs> Pam understands. So, <laughs> Um, and what that means is that my dad just says ridiculous shit all the time, and he has my whole life. Um, so we used to go on vacation every summer to Southern California. One year, we were packing up the car, getting ready to go home. And I looked at my dad, and I was like, man, I, I really love it here, the beach, the sound of the ocean. I don't want to go home. And you have to understand, my dad, he's 6'7", like 300 pounds, and he's very proud of that. He lost 50 pounds to get there. He's got a fat cigar hanging out of his mouth and not an ounce of expression on his face. And he looks at me and just says, stay then. You can sell your body to survive. 
So now I sell feet pics on OnlyFans and I'm giving comedy a try. Uh, <laughs> the best part about that joke is that I have the Shopify app on my uh, phone for work. I'm a marketing manager. So sometimes I'll get an order when I'm home visiting my parents. We'll be in the Starbucks line or at the grocery store and it'll just go cha-ching and I've started yelling, OnlyFans! <laughs> and um, my family loves it. So... <laughs> My dad actually used to call me his wing daughter when I was younger because I was I would help him spot attractive women when they were coming out of the gym, and that was kind of fun until I had to break it to him that I'm not actually arranging my hair. Uh, <laughs> it was understandable though because I ended up bisexual and moving to San Francisco in 2015. Um, you know what the craziest thing though about like the craziest difference between living in Phoenix, Arizona, and and living in the Bay is dating sites. And when you get, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but in Arizona, if you get on a dating app, 50% um, of the guys on there, it's just a picture with them and a fish. It's just like them with a beard and a baseball cap and a fish. Sometimes it's just the fish, and that's not a joke. That's just true. That's what we have to work with there. Um, <laughs> so I've been thinking about this. What if when men took pictures of their dicks, right, they took pictures like it was a freshly caught fish? Like, when I'm swiping, I don't want to see your fish pics. If you're going to take a picture or something, like, I want to see some dick, you know? Like, lube it up a little bit. Present it to me. Put on a nice hat. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you. Have a good night. My mind Yay, Yay, Emily Rudolph. Yay, I understand the struggle. <laughs> no, seriously, my dad is, um, he lives in Arizona, too, and he lives in, a, in a, one of those communities where the old people live, and they have a security gate. And then he goes, Pam, you live in the Tenderloin. You need to buy yourself a gun to protect yourself. I have a gun to protect myself. I'm like, you live in a security? <laughs> anyway, he lives on a golf course. Nobody, there's nothing to shoot there. I, okay. <laughs> it just makes no sense. He's like, you should get a gun. That's okay, Republican guy. Right? It makes no sense. They just say, and then every time he'd hear a, um, a siren when I was little, he'd go, drug bust, Pam, they're after you. I'm like, Words have meaning, Dad. Why do you think I love drugs? Okay. Your next comedian, clap your hands wildly, everybody, for Raphael Wolfgang. Yeah. How we do it like this? Go inside your mind and find a time. Hey, guys. How are we doing tonight, everybody? Hell yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about uh, water polo. Uh, do, you guys, do you guys know what water polo is? Yeah, a few people. Clap if you know. Clap if you know what water polo is. Okay. 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 Cool. We got a few people. For those of you who don't, real quick, water polo is basically like uh, it's like soccer in the water, but you use your hands, kind of. There's like two soccer goals, and uh, you may have seen it on the Olympics or whatever. M but the point is, most of the game is played underwater, right? The refs are up on the pool deck, and they can't really see what's going on underwater. So there's a lot of cheating in water polo. It's part of the game. So there's a lot of like punching. There's a lot of like you know scratching. But if you like really want to hurt your opponent, you know, you really want to get one up on him. You can't really punch him because the water will sort of slow down. So, so what you do is you squeeze his balls. Grab his balls and give him a good squeeze. And that is 100% true, by the way. I wish it wasn't, but I've been grabbing balls competitively for like 15 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the first time I got my balls grabbed, I was 10. And that had nothing to do with water polo. But, <laughs> but the second time I got my balls grabbed, I was 13. And that hurt a lot, let me tell you. The first one... Kind of felt good, but the second one hurt, and that that one that one really hurt bad. Getting your balls grabbed is a little bit like getting nuked, because there's nothing you can do about it. All you can really do is just nuke them back, and then you have a kid with a birth defect one day. And um, 
I was telling my girlfriend uh, about the the ball grabbing the other day, uh, which com- completely killed the sex appeal of me having been an athlete. But I told her that about the competitive ball grabbing, and she goes, uh, "Do you count those ball grabs?" And I was like, "What what does that mean? Like, what do you mean?" And she goes, "Do you put those ball grabs in the same list as the women you've had sex with?" And I was like, "No, babe, of course not, because I've grabbed way more balls. Why the fuck would I do that shit to myself?" Why on earth am I? Not because like I'd be bisexual. Let's do a little math, actually. Uh, I've had sex with uh, three women, and if I count the 400 balls I've grabbed, that's gay, right? Isn't that just pretty much just gay? That's not bisexual at all or anything like that. That's not fucking three. And that's 400 pairs, so that's almost 1,000 balls. And <laughs> fucking three pussies and 800 balls is not the ratio of a straight man at all. That's the ratio of a gay guy who's had sex with a few trans men, maybe, but not... <laughs> not the list of a straight guy. If you saw the list in person, I'd be like, I can't, I can't even like defend myself. I'm like, like knee deep in like a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit of testicles. And you're just like, hey, you're gay, right? And I'm like, no, no, wait, no. See, got a pussy right here, guys. I told you I'm not gay, huh? Not gay. How about that, huh? (laughs) It's been fucked with my head too, you know? I, I was grabbing balls competitively for so long. It's fucked with my whole perception of the of the world and everything. Like the other day, the other day, this uh, this gay guy came up to me. I was in the Castro. This gay guy came up to me and he was like, "Hey, you want to have some gay sex? Come on, let's have some gay sex." And I was like, "Oh, dude, no, I'm I'm good. I'm straight. I don't really I don't really want to do that. I'm no it, no no." And he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to play some water polo?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you don't tell my girlfriend, you know. <laughs> Sorry, babe. She just found out about that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, uh, I have a small penis. Uh, anyone else have a small penis? Ooh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. We got one of that. What's your name? Dom. San Francisco. Dom has a small penis. <laughs> All right, no. <laughs> uh, it's tough for the small dick guys out here, you know. Uh, I was dating this girl for a little while, and uh, I told her I was self-conscious about my size, and she broke up with me, and she said, it's not you, it's me, my pussy is too big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty tough. Dating has been even worse, you know, I'd, let's pretend I'm single for this joke. But d- I've been dating, you know, and it's been really tough. You know, I sent a girl a dick pic the other day, and I immediately got arrested for child pornography, and I tried to tell the judge, tried to tell the judge, I told him, I was like, hey, that's my dick in the picture. He sent me to juvie. All right, guys, that's my time. My name is Raphael Wolfgang. Uh, you guys have been awesome. Give it up for Pam. Yay. Yay. Oh, my gosh. You got to slick it up and present it. Just like Emily said, you got to slick it up. You got to present it. You got to, you can have different sized, like, accoutrement around it, like a tiny tree, maybe a train, maybe a matchbox car. You can make it, like, drive a, yeah, make it drive a Barbie car or something. That would be fun. Put it in a speedboat, like in a bathtub. Woo! All right, your next comedian. Clap your hands together for CJ. Yay! Jackson. Thanks for coming out tonight, everyone. Um, I'm officially celebrating being two years clean. From Dick. Thank you. I am very brave. Um, no, I am bisexual, which means that I'm socially lesbian, but fiscally heterosexual. Uh, really, I'm into anyone who will pay bills or eat box, you know? Like, I like girls that look like boys, and I like boys who let me slip a finger in. Um, there's a stereotype that bisexual people are promiscuous, so I want to clarify, like, I'm not a slut because I'm bisexual. 
but it certainly helps. Um, it's tough though, like there were no queer adults in my small hometown because they were all brutally murdered. So I try to be a good role model, you know, when I'm like walking out around with my girlfriend in public, I like to hold her hand. Uh, but the problem is that my girlfriend wears boy clothes and she's about this tall. So I look less like her girlfriend and more like her nanny. You know, like it's not saying queer rights as much as it's saying someone needs to call Child Protective Services. <laughs> Why is she grabbing that little Mexican boy's ass? No, por favor. Um, <laughs> everyone always asks me, you know, no one's ever asked me this. Um, CJ, what is it like to make love to a woman with a strap on? Uh, and honestly, it's, it's exactly like having a regular penis, right? Except sometimes when we have guests over, uh, my girlfriend will whip it out so that she can like show off my hog to her friends, which is cool. I mean, like I've never had a straight girlfriend be like, <laughs> this is Todd, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's not his hand. That's, um, but uh, honestly, the hardest part is like, you'll be getting hot and heavy, and then you gotta take a quick three minute, 20 second break so that you can strap in like you're going rock climbing. It's like, like nothing kills the mood, like, hold on. This is covered in dog hair. Um, <laughs> do you wanna, why do I have to wash it if I'm already doing all the work? Um, I do think it's funny when straight men say that dykes dress like ugly women because straight men dress like ugly dykes. Like, why are you as a man wearing flannels and cargo shorts? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's cultural appropriation. <laughs> but my favorite part about being a woman is when like random strangers will make comments about your body, like you're a walking TikTok. Like, and I never know how to respond to somebody who skips the name exchange and goes straight to my ass, like an untrained terrier. Like, I was walking down the street the other day, and this guy like rolls up next to me in a wheelchair, and he goes, nice legs. <laughs> he said it like that out loud to me, nice legs. I was like, why did you want to borrow them? <laughs> like, they're great for walking. Uh, <laughs> I went to public school in Wisconsin. Uh, it was really hardcore. I mean, we didn't have like critical race theory. They were teaching us wilderness survival skills. You know, archery, axe throwing, ice fishing, cave diving. It actually might have been a pipeline to the show Naked and Afraid. <laughs> if you've never seen it, it's a reality television series about severely underqualified white people who try to survive in the wilderness for three weeks in a place where people already live. <laughs> <laughs> I would have fucking crushed it on Naked and Afraid. I would have been like, <laughs> I'm Courtney Jean. I'm from the meth capital of Wisconsin. And my dad taught me how to disembowel a white-tailed deer when I was 13 years old. So that's my time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, CJ! Wilderness skills! When the apocalypse comes, I'm finding you to build me a fire. All right, speaking of fire, he brought the audience, everybody. So he's fire clap in appreciation other comics for Jackson! Yay!
guys, I'm Jackson. Um, this is, I'm really new today, so I'm pretty nervous. And um, <laughs> uh, it's my first time performing in front of my friends also. <laughs> Thank you guys. Um, fortunately for me, this will be over quickly, just like my other first time. Uh, when I was in college, I was in our school's uh, startup program, which is basically a code name for a bunch of nerdy engineers who thought we had social skills. Um, and one time we went on to New York for a trip with the school's investment club. And all the members of the investment club were your stereotypical finance bros. Uh, sweater vests, my dad will sue, jerks off to the stock market every morning. Um, and when we were in New York on one of the subway rides, uh, I was sitting next to this very good look uh, looking fellow from the finance club. And um, I was just kind of talking to him and he started showing me all the Tinder matches he got since we got in New York City. And all the girls that he matched on Tinder with were drop dead gorgeous 10 out of 10. I was very pissed off. Cause little did he know, I also downloaded Tinder before coming to New York and um, I've been furiously swiping. And all I've gotten was three matches. Uh, the first one was homeless. Uh, the second person tried to scam me into a green card marriage. <laughs> and the third one was my cousin. <laughs> uh, but it's all good now. Uh, I'm in a very happy relationship. Um, our kids might be missing a couple of chromosomes, but you know, lo no love is perfect. <laughs> uh, so going back to my conversation with God, this, um, this guy was sitting next to, um, after I saw his Tinder matches, I instantly decided I need to fuck with him. And luckily for me, um, during this trip, I was the one in charge of our food schedule. So I kind of took our, you know, very friendly food options of bagels and pizzas and threw that immediately out the window. And I took a bee, uh, beeline straight to Chinatown. And now I took out my patented method for finding a great Chinese restaurant in America. First, it cannot be above a four-star rating on Yelp. Uh, the house score has to be a B or below. And the cherry on top is when a white elite Yelper calls the staff rude. Uh, and once we got to the restaurant, um, I basically called the waiter over and started to order a um, combination of items that people usually only put in dog treats in America. Um, you know, your chicken gizzards, pig uteruses, bull penises. <laughs> and uh, when the food arrived on the, to the table, um, the guy I was sitting next to, you know, the very good looking fellow, he looked very concerned. Uh, a bull penis tend to do that on the dinner table. <laughs> and he kind of asked me, he's like, hey, Jackson, um, so what, what is this dish? And I kind of kneeled down and looked very close to him in the eye and said, this is very important to my people and culture. And he looked back at me, I was like, oh, God damn it, now I'm stuck having to work. And <laughs> checkmate, bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, he basically looked at the dish, hesitated a little bit, and uh, what I'm about to reenact now is very similar to tonight's theme of a lot of male genitalia jokes. And God dang it, this motherfucker ended up loving it. <laughs> Um, so on the bright side, I now have a new friend who's very, very rich. And on the bad side, every time I meet up with them now, we have to share a bull penis together. <laughs> uh, that's it for me. Thank you guys very much. Well, if you want to keep your hands clapping for Jackson.
Jackson, everyone. That was fantastic. Yay. All right, we've got two comedians left for you. Put your hands together right now, everybody, for Ruby Nichols. Hi, you guys. I have um, some new stuff I'm working out, so uh, hopefully you'll like it. Any nerds in the audience tonight? Like nerd, nerd, like super nerd? How nerdy? How nerdy? How nerdy do you think you are? No, I'm asking you, like Emily, right? You're right in front of me. I'm looking exactly right at you. Yeah? What do you got? Is that as nerdy? Did you go to Jeopardy tryouts ever? Fail. Okay. Who's next? <laughs> Who's next? Jeopardy tryouts? Did you ever go to Jeopardy tryouts? Tryout to get on? That's nerdy as fuck. Yeah, but there, okay. All right, fail. Jeopardy, I've been to Jeopardy tryouts. Oh, yeah. If you go to the tryouts, you take the test. They ask you to go up. But it's cool. It's cool as fuck. I never got on. It was like my dream. I've always wanted to be on a like game show to win a lot of money. I love I have worthless knowledge, a lot of worthless knowledge. And uh, when I was uh, a long time ago, 20-something, I got on the fastest finger for uh, who wants to be a millionaire. I was all excited. Yeah. And it was all cool until it was like old school cell phones. And I was driving and at the time, current ex-husband, at the time my husband, driving. And I was like, dude, they're calling me. And they were like, this is ABC television. Is this Rubina? Nicholas, and I'm like, yes, the fuck it is. And they're like, what is your social security number? And I'm like, I'll tell you anything you want to know. This is who wants to be a millionaire. I'm excited. I'm going to be a millionaire. It's my whole exit strategy from life. And uh, I saw the mountain rock cut, cut and I know AT&T is a whole fucking asshole up here. And uh, I was like, pull over, dude. Fucking pull over, dude. Pull over, dude. <laughs> he didn't pull over. Call dropped. We're divorced uh, now. That was my dream, you know? Like, I always wanted to be on those game shows. I thought it was cool. I'm a super nerd. I was the captain of the Quiz Bowl team uh, for two years. This guy's nodding. Quiz Bowl's fucking awesome, right? I love it when other nerds get together. When I run into other nerds, we stunt so hard, you know? Like, those sports dudes, you're a water polo guy. I went to Villanova. I know a bunch of those idiots, water polo guys. They're, like, about that life, right? I'm like, when you guys get together, it's like, oh, back in 2008, remember I threw that thing and the other people caught it and everybody cheered, you know? Guys at the bar are like, yeah, man, I remember that shit. You're the best. You're the goat. You know, do that dumb shit from high school. Nerd glory days are a little different, right? I met this guy a couple weeks ago. He was like, yo, you did mock trial? I did mock trial. I'm like, mock trial defense. What's up? We were the bitches, right? It's great. You stunt with other nerds. I was like, yeah. Mock trial was the dopest because you got to fight out loud, go to court with lawyers and shit. It was cool. You know, then we started like really like chopping it up, and I was like, yeah, right, because fuck those model UN bitches, you know? <laughs> trying to make peace out there. We're trying to keep people out of the fucking chair. We had a serious job. Hypothetical <laughs> witnesses, hypothetical crimes, hypothetical death situations, you know? What else did you have out there, nerd? Odyssey of the mind, really, you fucktards? It's a volcano, it's a musical. We built a statue. What are you doing, Odyssey of the mind? About that, right? You guys do that? You guys look like you guys look like an OTM crowd. Who's Odyssey of the Mind? You're Odyssey of the Mind? Yeah, this is fucking craziness, right? Like we're just gonna search our own path and make some weird shit. We had a whole in front of a judge, like you know, like Judge Judy style. It was cool. I liked it. All right, that's that. I really like that nerd stunting joke. I don't know why. Um, what else was I thinking about this week? Uh, I love my mom, but she hates me. So uh, 
My name is Ruby with an I, and a few years ago, I ran for office in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, try to make my mom proud, like, a little bit, you know? And then when my campaign team was putting together, like, my slogan and stuff, I was like, I'm from Philly. I like the love statue. Obama had hope, you know? They put my name together. It just looked like my campaign slogan was, are you bi? Nothing left but move to San Francisco then, huh? <laughs> Thanks, guys. I guess action speaks louder. Ruby Nicholas, hooray. That was really great. That was really funny. Um, I can, I can overdork you, though. Did you play Magic the Gathering? Oh. See? All right. I win. I win the door game. I have magic cards in here. I still play. Ah. Okay, I know. That's sick. I, I always have tried to trap young men with strange card games and snacks. <laughs> strange cards, card games, and snacks. That's how I keep the 24-year-olds around. Uh, hey, put your hands together for your next comedian. It's Mo. Yay. Oye, yes, Pito. Yeah. All right. This is how you know uh, my parents are Muslim, and I was born before 9-11. My actual full name is Muhammad Muhammad. Uh, I had a girlfriend during COVID. Um, I almost broke up with her, and I realized how insulting it was to get during COVID. Like... It's like saying I'm ready to be sexless, bored, and alone. I just can't spend any more time with you. So I waited. I waited until three weeks after COVID. Two days after her dad died. Uh, so I'm colorblind, but I feel like I need to stop admitting that to people. Because I'm just so sick of the pop quizzes. For whatever reason, whenever you tell people you're colorblind, or you can they feel the need to their phones and start testing you. So I was like, so what do you see? They pull up these round, colorblind test things. I was like, so what do you see? I'm like, a fish. It's the letter B. Um, I smoked a lot of weed. I got really high the other day while I was working from home. I called for an emergency meeting. And the person talked to me. Fuck, I'm going to have to quit right now. Later that day, I was still high. Um, I took my trash out for a walk. <laughs> like, I, I took a bag of trash outside my house, smoked a cigarette, turned it around, got back in with the trash, sat down, just continued smoking weed. <laughs> um, I'm dating an older woman, which is a lot of fun. Sometimes she'll say shit that'll really just throw me off. We were watching the World Cup, and Croatia was playing. She goes, oh, I remember when Croatia became a country. <laughs> I'm like, damn, this bitch is older than Croatia? <laughs> and she tells me she remembers when ranch dressing came out. <laughs> I try not to abuse her, though, too much, because I know these are going to be little kids are going to come up to me soon. They're like, damn, you're older than Facebook? What the fuck? We're all gonna get our turns. That's my time. Thank you guys. Hey, that was our last comedian, everybody. This was really great to have a full crowd, like the whole time, and have all the chairs filled. That's amazing. So yay. 
did you want to try it? Okay. <laughs> Fuck no. Um, if anyone ever wants to donate to Mutiny Radio, we have this cute little Venmo. You can always Venmo us money. We love that. And um, we love it if you come back. Again, we do this on Mondays and Fridays at 6 o'clock. So come back. And um, Jackson, thanks so much for bringing your friends. It's always amazing when you have, like, real people in the room. It makes a huge difference. You know that. We all know that. And you two people, too. You're, thank you for being here. And you both look like I have abortions older than you. So thank you <laughs> for, I feel like, no, right? That's got to be true. I had my first abortion in 1995. Yeah, 27 years ago, right? See? Right? Uh, and I only have one regret about that first abortion, and it's that I didn't have the kid. Right now, I could be fucking all of his friends. <laughs> so that was uh, kind of a mistake. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are here. And, and you, uh, just because you were talking about World Premier Soccer, I also, I started watching World Cup and Premier League Soccer because finally, I get to watch hot 26-year-old men make goals. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Is this Lillian? You came just in time. We were just, are you Lillian? Yeah. You came just in time. We were just about to end it. Put your hands together because you're super late. You're like super late. Put your hands together for Lillian. Wow. Thanks, everyone. Waiting for me. Um, hello? Yes? All right. You guys can stay. Um, I... You guys might not know this, but I am an idiot. Yeah, my, you, you might not look like it because I'm an Asian female. I feel like a lot of Asian females I know, they're boss-ass bitches. I'm not. Um, no, I, I came to realize I'm an idiot because um, my boyfriend texted me. He was like, oh, Turkey's getting fucked up because of his birthday. And I just liked it. I didn't know he was talking about the country turkey. He was talking about, you know, the stuff you eat. That's cool. Um, no, like, I, I've always been an idiot. Like, I, I use Adderall in college, um, not for studying. I used it to clean my house and for raids. So, yeah, love that for me. Um, I didn't even try. I was just like, all right, I'm just going to accept that this is the way that I am. Um, anyways, I'm half Vietnamese, and... Um, feel like there's not enough hype for Vietnam. Vietnam's pretty great. Um, we got pho, sriracha, yeah. And Vietnam's the only country that beat America in the war and is still poor. <laughs> like, did you guys know that? I'm like, I, I went to Vietnam and then I, I was at a hospital and I saw a lady shit in a bucket and I was like, this is a hospital? Like, are you serious? Um, no. It's, it's cool. I actually didn't know Vietnam won the war. People just told me. And I was like, okay. Like, that was, that was fact for me. Um, that's how great our American education system is. No, there's, there's a lot of great things about Vietnam. There's other things about Vietnam that aren't, aren't so great. For example, like, um, they're super dramatic. Vietnamese people are super dramatic. My um, uncle, who's 50, recently got married. He married someone who is 25 years old. And if you didn't know, it's called human trafficking. Yeah, um, she uh, <laughs> she ended up stealing all of his money and cheated on him. And how we all found out was through Vietnamese CNN. And if you didn't know what that was, it's just Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> People were like, "Are you mad at her?" And I'm like, "How can I be mad at my idol? Like, I want someone to change." 
Vietnam. The other, the other bad thing about Vietnam is like Vietnamese people are Republicans, and there's nothing wrong with being a Republican. It's just they don't know why they're Republican. Like they just hate Chinese people, and <laughs> Republicans are like, yeah, we hate Chinese people too. Like, can you imagine if Democrats were like, we don't like Chinese people? It'd be a different America. Like, we would never lose a war. Um, thanks. Um, I, uh, my mom hates Chinese people, and she's always trying to get me to break up with my mom. She's like, oh, you should break up with your mom. I'm half Chinese. All right, that didn't work. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got the beat, so I'm going to go catch my breath off stage. <laughs> everyone we did it we got everyone on the list through tonight thank you all for coming super appreciate it again uh we have shows five days a week uh come check one out at omg on tuesdays um now on wednesdays we're showing movies up on that wall thank and we're gonna have feminist commentary it's gonna be great again uh it'll we're gonna next wednesday 2 15 we're gonna watch 16 candles with feminist commentary thanks all for being here We'll see you next time. Yay! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Patrick Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing two to five dollars at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, two seven eight one Twenty First Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep Mission. Every Monday at six p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. 
Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Come watch your favorite John Hughes 80s films through a whole new lens. We'll have the subtitles on and the volume low while a panel of feminists critique these beloved movies that shaped a generation with sexist, classist, homophobic, racist plots and characters and settings along with a healthy dose of damage property. Hosted by staunch feminist Pam Benjamin at Mutiny Radio, join us 215 for 16 Candles with Warren Kraut and Emma Brennan. 3-1, The Breakfast Club with Spencer Devine and Dominic Delgadillo. 3-15, Pretty in Pink with Nina G and Allison Reynolds. And 3-28, Some Kind of Wonderful with Mel Michelle. Hey, it's really exciting. We're going to be here. 278 121st Street screening John Hughes Films with you. 6 o'clock every other Wednesday, Mutiny Radio. Kids, it's your pal, Spider-Man. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. But I'm not swinging through the senior facility, bested Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino. I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck. And donate two to five dollars on. Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown in on. I'll, it's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value. And the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. True entertainment has brought us a savior in whosthatlive.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to whosthatlive.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in a raffle, I guess. True, 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 true productions. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. Comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live. <laughs> 2781 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. We are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog friendly. Ooh, a dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party <laughs> at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> 278 121st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. FM.
here in .sf. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed fest right here at the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we gonna do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That That's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine, and even but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking public schools. In a tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy, laughter has value and the unexpected laugh is priceless who is that live.com comedy local shows on sale now everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing who wants to focus on the genre of stand-up comedy and those that who's that go to who is that live.com for upcoming shows
download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco. Distinguished guests, welcome to LWAFL MOIT. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with our stinky guest, our host, Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Merry Christmas, Carl. Merry Christmas, Mike. It's Merry Christmas, Carl. Why are we saying Merry Christmas? I know it's February 27th, but Merry (laughs) Christmas. Okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, welcome, stinky guests, uh, LWAFL MOIT. Thank you, Mike, for having me once again. Uh, you, you, Carl, you did the theme song. You have an interview coming up. You yeah. researched this movie. Thank mm-hmm. you for inviting me onto the show. <laughs> <I appreciate> that, <laughs> we do this God. show every Sunday at 2 p.m. here on mutinyradio.fm. We're streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm as we do every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then specifically uh, 5 o'clock on the East Coast time. You could also... Don't have to stream us live. Uh, you can listen to our podcast, Drops Every Sunday Night. Uh, follow us by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Y-T stands for YouTube. Uh, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie this week? Okay, this week we are watching The Funny Farm, 1983. That's what you put in the search engine, The Funny Farm. Don't put in Funny Farm, no. The Funny Farm. Put in 18, 1983. We like the channel Crud Buddies. Right, because we are Crud Buddies ourselves. Yeah, who wouldn't yeah. like Crud Buddies? Who loves you Crud name Buddies? the channel that, we're subscribing. Uh, you, you ever see uh, um, Black Sheep with Chris Farley and David Spade? Uh, yes, unfortunately, I saw that piece of crud. All right, so remember the scene where uh, this, this Opie sprays a fire extinguisher on David Spade? And yeah. Yeah. And uh, Chris Farley says, hey, why don't you jump in the pool and, and wash off all that white mud? And mm. David, <laughs> David Spade says, oh, I discovered white mud. I'm a millionaire. And Farley <laughs> goes, no, no, I said white crud, white crud. <laughs> all right. I thought I would start off our show with that. I love that all scene. Right. So, all right. Crud buddies. The spirit uh, of so, crud buddies. So, you know, uh, we have some instructions for you to do, but we also have a really exciting feature that gives you some time. So well, wait, you're gonna... tell them, tell them the instructions. Yeah, right. You oh, absolutely. Find... Yeah, absolutely. So we want you to go onto YouTube, search for the Funny Farm 1983. The. the, as Carl said, we need to get the the in there. You'll find the movie as hosted by Crud Buddies. Click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero zero zero, uh, and when we say go, 
hit the play button. We'll all hit the play button. Now, right. we are not going to say go. We have a celebrity comedian to do our celebrity comedian countdown. Carl, yes. take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Donna Loy. Welcome, Donna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You started at Scotty's. You took the comedy class there with Chip Ambrosio. You have blossomed to go on to so much more and become a real comedian. But why don't you just tell us about your launch a little bit? Okay. Well, I started at uh, Scotty's Comedy Cove School with Chip Ambrosio in June of or uh, April of 2017. 2017. And you go for six. 2017. Yeah, they go uh, for I think six weeks, and at the end of six weeks, you do your your show for your friends and family that come to see you. And it was a great launching pad. Um, I got a lot of work right away out of the gate from Scotty's. Mm-hmm. I got to network with uh, some higher level comics. How much in your original routine for that showcase remains today? Um, I'd say a good portion of it. Uh-huh. And I just keep, I'd say a good portion of it. Um, a lot of it's changed, obviously, and a lot of it I've, you know, swapped out for other things. But I just keep that particular act, and then I'll just layer in and layer in and then kind of be able to pick and choose when I go to a venue if I want to do this segment or that segment. Or use those, or just pull them out of the hat as I need them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say maybe, I say maybe sixty percent. Wow. Okay. That's uh, still a pretty healthy chunk, right? I think you got a yeah, good I launch like my, there. Uh, <laughs> I like telling my own jokes. <laughs> Everybody does, right? I laugh at my own jokes. Yeah. So, um, you are I. You're down South Jersey. Is that fair to say? Do you think of it as South Jersey? Central Jersey. Central, Central Jersey. Central. But even though you're Jersey far away, Shore, Central Jersey. Jersey Shore, that is where. So even though you're far from us up here in the north, you still come up here, you know? I mean, you go further than Scotty's, right? If you've got a gig. Oh, yeah. Sure. I've been in Brooklyn and PA, New York, Atlantic City. Wherever, wherever the goods are, that's where you got to go. Yeah, I was going to mention Brooklyn. You did the rooftop shows there during the pandemic, right? They were outside at La Bray Gardens, and then we moved indoors with the Brooklyn House of Comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did a lot of outdoor shows during the pandemic. I was lucky like that, restaurants, outdoor venues. Now, I was going to ask how the pandemic affected your comedy. You just went over, like, being outside, which was different, which was okay in the summer, right? How else have you been affected, you know, as a comedian, getting out there and doing your thing with this with this COVID, with this coronavirus crap. Yeah, coronavirus is terrible. Um, well, I, I, you know, I think like anybody else, I just have the ebbs and flows of the moods that any comedian probably suffers from. Um, I try to uh, keep a balance and keep things in perspective, you know. Comedy is something that brings joy to people. It brings joy to me. Um, obviously, like I had six shows booked this month, and I've already lost four of them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're experiencing, and everyone is experiencing that on different yeah. levels. Um, but you just have to keep it in perspective. You know, when it get when it's good, it'll be going again, and when it isn't, you just have to do other things like Zoom, get creative. I've done a few Zoom shows. 
I was just going to go there every week. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to go there and ask you about what do you think of Zoom? I mean, it's better than nothing, but it's not the same, right? It's not the same. It's almost like performing in front of a mirror when you're practicing. <laughs> if you, anyone does that, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but And so it's a little strange because you're not getting the reactions that you would and that rapport with the audience. But, yeah. it, you know, if you're getting paid to do 10 minutes and sit in your living room or bedroom, it's not so bad. Yeah. And it is yeah. a cool way to communicate. I'm, I do a weekly podcast every week with a bunch of comics that are all over Chicago and uh, New York and PA. It's kind of cool that we meet once a week and get our yayas out. What's it called? What's that podcast called? It's called Logic and Laugh. Uh-huh. I'm headed by Tori Stewart. I think I, I connected you with him on some level. He's looking to come down and we'll do some stuff at Scotty's. But they're all comics and they're young and I'm probably the oldest one there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's some generational and cultural things that I don't get or that they don't get, which is kind of cool. <laughs> But it's a lot of fun. It keeps, keeps me going anyway. What do you bring to the podcast? The logic or the laughter? Hopefully a little of both. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully a little of both. Yeah. Well, that sounds logical. So, <laughs> how do people find you out there on the internet, on social media? I think you've got a YouTube channel. YouTube channel, Donald Lloyd Comedy, on the social media. I'm not on Instagram. Um, I am on TikTok. I think it's called Aunt Donna Knows, although I don't manage those things. Uh-huh. I'm not too tech savvy, so I have people that do those things for me. What about Facebook, though? Yes, I have that. Donna Just Lloyd Donna Lloyd. Comedy. You'll see it. Donna Lloyd Comedy. You'll see a picture of George Burns and Jack Benny, my favorite comedians of all That's time. right. Yes, you do see that. Yeah. Favorite comedians of all time. That's really, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty good company there. So, okay, Donna, everybody at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same second as we do here in the studio. We're all going to press play together. So why don't you go ahead, Donna Lloyd, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Okay, thank you. We're going to go with three, two, one, press. Oh, I'm really excited about this movie. You know, yeah. I heard about this movie because Peter uh, Aykroyd is in it. Dan Aykroyd's brother, who was right. a part of, uh, I guess, the fourth season of SNL. And then yeah. he wrote a theme song, songs for, his, for Aykroyd's movies. Right. And he was in some of Aykroyd's movies. Uh, you, you make money off the songs, right? If you write the song to Loose Cannons, every time that plays, they get a little royalty check. Yeah, exactly. It can be very tiny, but if you're talking about millions, it adds up, you know. He was in the Coneheads. He was in Dr. Detroit. Um, yeah, that's so the- really it. That's really, you know, they, they were, they weren't, um, uh, they, they were good bro- bud- brothers, friends, right. and they co-wrote uh, screenplays together. Um Nothing but trouble in the early '90s. Peter wrote oh. the story. Dan wrote the screenplay. Um, co-created the Canadian sci-fi show Sci Factor, which and makes sense because Dan Aykroyd is also into like UFOs and yeah. psycho bullshit. So they must have had a charming childhood. Where they they uh, did uh, 88 episodes of that, and yeah, probably in their childhood, 
Like Dan's going, look at that, look what, look up at the sky, look at that. He goes, holy crap, it's yeah. a UFO. There must have been a bunch they of them. There must have been. You know what, Peter was probably uh, saying, hey, you know what would be great? And Dan Aykroyd pulls out a pen. No, Peter, tell me. <laughs> you know? But also, we should mention Peter Aykroyd passed away in November last year. He even yeah. got a, um, like a, a memorial a on SNL. Really? He had an untreated hernia, untreated. And he died just before his uh, 66th birthday, like a couple weeks. Septicemia uh, caused wow. by an untreated abnormal hernia. So I think he probably shouldn't have died. He, uh, he probably, you know, is sort of like a mistake. It's a real shame. Uh, I, I kind of, I knew of him through the, through different things, but I have always heard about this movie, The Funny Farm. I had no idea what it was about. I just yeah. knew that Peter Aykroyd was in it. Uh, I saw it listed on FilmRise streaming, and I said, shit, if FilmRise has it, YouTube has it, and God bless, it does. And the movie's about stand-up comedy. Yes, that's right. Now, what we're watching right now is um, a guy named Mark Champlin. And Mark is heading from his home in Cleveland, Ohio, all the way out to L.A. to become a big comedian. And he's, he's not going to New York City? Right. He's going Mark. to L.A. So Mark Chaplin is not driving in the early 80s to New York? <laughs> no. Okay. You yeah. think that would be the destination for co – okay, this is our director. Oh, pump, pump and gas in the HBO vanity play? You wish this movie was on HBO. This is Ron Clark. And he is our director, and he's making his cameo. Nice. And he's yeah. like, where are you going? L.A. to be a star like Robin Williams. And he goes, who? How many times will Robin Williams' name uh, will be name-checked in this? Two times. Early Two times. Okay. Two times. Yeah. Two times. Yeah. Ooh, a little cassette. Is this like a willpower? It's like I... he's going to listen to Steve Martin. He's going to listen to George Carlin. He's just yeah. – he's, he's listening – uh, you know, this was the time before you could catch any comedian ever. Right. So he has the album. And hopefully they paid the comedians to be in this movie. You know, I like uh, Steve Martin. Oh, so this is another Steve Martin movie I never saw. Oh, you mean you mean the comedians were hearing the voice? Yeah, on the uh, cassettes while he drives cross country. Interesting question. Did they? Did they have to. They have to get royalties. I'm sure it's probably. Now, here he has arrived in Los Angeles, but in truth, he's in Montreal, Canada. Thank you, Carl, for telling me that up front so I don't have to – because we're both Los Angeles natives, and we uh, it infuriates <laughs> us to no end when we can't recognize – oh, the comedy tree. So he, he wanted to go to the comedy tree, and it's literally closed. It was burnt down. It ha a fire has occurred, and there is noticia – no, nos entrada, because it's burnt. So do you think the comic on stage was like, the roof? The roof. The, the, roof, the is roof is off. on fire. And we're like, hack. Shut up, hack. <laughs> no, but I'm being serious. The roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. We heard it. No, we don't give a damn. Ooh, juggling. Yeah, so he finds that the, the club, the comedy tree it's it's gone and so he's sort of wandering around and he's bumping into greg his name is tony malsworth in real life and greg will let him know about a comedy club called the funny farm that's now, where it's all happening now 
We, now, even though we are Los Angeles natives and comedians, we're not going to pretend we know the history of Los Angeles comedy, which I'm sure this movie is mirroring and mirroring in, in close to near time because this is 83. This isn't uh-huh. like dying to get. Re- oh, what was that? That Showtime Jim Far- uh, Carrey TV show? I'm dying up here, which was a, a two season show about the comedy store. Oh, okay. Oh, so, gosh. I, I, I missed that one. I, I did see Crashing on HBO. But that's a New York comedy scene, right? It's and this, and it's not reprising the late seventies, early eighties. No. no, you're right. You're right. It's a better analogy, the Jim Carrey one. And the thing is, like, okay, it's a movie, so I forgive it. But it's like he's bumping into exactly the right person who's friendly and helpful. Yeah. Well, but okay. I believe a comedian coming into Los Angeles on the first night would drive straight to the comedy tree. And then harass them, a street performer, to find out where another no, set is. Harass is not the right word. It's all very nice and friendly. Oh, hey, there's the wall. Where's my picture, Carl? Yeah, you're not. It's it's prior to your arrival. Now, this was a comedian. Uh, her name is Ma- Majori Gross. Ma- Ma- oh, Majori Marjorie Gross. Marjorie Gross. Okay. And she really went on to be a writer. She wrote for all, including Seinfeld. She wrote for a lot of things. Wait a minute, but I know who you talk. She passed away. They they credited yeah, her. As, yeah, she like, really got ripped off. She died of ovarian cancer at the age of forty. Oh. Yeah, and she's really died young. And um, let's see here. She wrote one of our favorite shows was Get a Life. She wrote five episodes. Oh, how fun! I love that show. Yeah. Uh, she's all over the place here. The Larry Sanders Show and New Hard and Alf. And she was a writer. She started as a comedian. Now we're meeting Gail. And I guess you're going to want to say she's like the comedy store lady. Mitzi Shore. And that's probably her husband. No, or well, somebody. Okay, the guy she's talking to is the owner of the club. And his name is Harvey. Really, it's a guy named Derek McGrath. You might have known him from uh, Cheers. He was the guy, person who was going to, like, strangle Shelley Long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> now, listen, did Mitzi Shore have a reputation for sleeping around with the comics? Uh, according to whom? The comics from the early 80s? Well, I mean... I'm just saying, in this movie, that's one of the main things about Gail. She's scared of earthquakes, and she sleeps with the comedians. Okay, so just just for being alive on planet Earth, here's what I know about Missy Shore. Missy Shore opened up the seminal uh, comedy store and redefined comedy, and pretty much everybody in there became superstars. Yeah, uh, came out of comedy, and then she was, you know, she was a club owner. So she, well, she owned it with her husband, who was a long-standing comedian, like Paul mm-hmm. Shore or something like that. I forget, yeah. not Paulie Shore. Paulie Shore is her son. Right, uh, I forget his name, but he was a. He was a big-time comedian who was always at the B-level. He opened for all the big guys. Yeah, I think and he opened for his son. a comedy club makes sense for him. You know, that's the way to get rich and get known if you're not really, you know, making it all so, the way. So, so. This, I guess the story, story is that he owned it, but Mitzi was the brains and the power behind it and yeah. uh, ran it. and. Uh, I know there's a reality show called Minding the Store where Paulie Shore uh, resumes uh, control of the of the comedy store because his mom's ailing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like how this camera. So Ron Kraft, the director, is like, 
here's your next comic. Here's a picture on the wall. Uh, Ron oh, is Clark, this, yeah. this is, is this That's Peter? Peter. That's Peter. What's, what's his act? Um, he, he's funny. Let me remember what he's, oh, oh uh, he's kind of, um, he's, okay. I gotta say this is very interesting because we've been following Miles or, or Mark yeah. to literally drives up to LA and he walks in the club and then the camera immediately flies away from him. Oh look, you're not gonna fuck me? I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. So he it's basically establishing this is where it's at. This is our okay. Here's Howie Mandel, and I was a fan back in the day. Me too. I had his album. It's like a glove. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was a really prop cool. comic album. Yeah, he's a prop comic and he's going to do a few props here. But what the director's doing is letting us know this is the setting for the uh, uh, movie. And the reason is it's where the comedy is happening. Now, this isn't an open mic, it is like in front of real people. But it so feels like an open mic. Yeah. Yeah. And all the comedians know each other. Like half the audience is comedians. Now, it was weird. When Gail said, give her the light to, um, to Marjorie, yeah. they flickered a light that the whole audience could see them flickering the light. You know, I've been to stuff. clubs like that. There's some oh, clubs yeah. that... Well, there was a club called Doc's Lab in San Francisco, and unfortunately it closed, but they built it from the ground up. And uh -huh. one of the things they did was they had a light on the wall, like kind of like a submarine light with that kind of like metal around it. And yeah. it was very clear. And if you're in the audience, you could pick up what it is. So this uh -huh. is not Los Angeles. This is not Los Angeles. This is not Hollywood or Sunset or uh, Melrose. Right. In the movie, it's Los Angeles and it's the funny farm. The you know, the happening club. In reality, yeah, this is Montreal, Quebec, wow. Canada. Which yeah. is crazy. Well, a lot of, I guess Peter Ackroyd was Canadian. And so uh, is Howie Mandel. Howie and Mandel. So is, uh, Marjorie. Th these, are com uh, these are Canadian people. Okay, look, I got to go uh, uh, network, Carl. I'll be right back. Hey, great okay. set, buddy. You were great. great hey, can I get a smoke? Hey, you guys smoking pot? You guys smoking pot? Can I join this this guy, this is Sammy, and he's selling jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah, as one does. <laughs> right. He's got a special tonight, one joint. One joint, and he'll give you a, give you a joke. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good deal, because I would milk Sammy, that joke to death. In the plot, Sammy is the son of the very famous comedian, uh, Billy Beekman, and they'll go visit Billy, and the director tries to show us the contrast between the established comedians who are like uh, Milton Berle types the Vegas and the guys. new comedians. The yeah. young yeah. comedians, right? Isn't that the yeah. HBO term? Yeah. Young the comedian young special. Comedians. Oh, is he? So I know this guy. This is the pinky in the brain guy. Yeah, that's right. He's all about doing impressions. And that's what he does throughout the entire film. Yeah. And he does impressions when he's not on stage, which kind of bugs me. Like, we don't get together as comedians and do our acts off stage, you know? I know, Carl. Um, don't you hate it when a comic is doing their act? You're like, hey, what's up with the world today? And they're all like, <laughs> I, gotta, I haven't got to the tag yet. 
So his name is Maurice Lamarche, and yes. he was a Canadian voice actor from Toronto. Yeah, Pinky and the Brain. He was the brain. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, I even I recognized him. That's like how much shit voice talent work he's done. I actually recognized him when he popped on screen. Uh huh. You recognized his face. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Pretty well, I could I recognize Tara uh, Strong. I recognize Frank Welker. Mm-hmm. Oh, Drunky pissed in his pants. And he goes, well, now that's funny. <laughs> so he would go on to be in Zootopia. He was Mr. Freeze from Batman. He was wow. in Yosemite Sam from Looney Tunes, a, a more modern one. Yeah, but no, when, he's the king my, of it. When my kids were young, they used to watch The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And it turns out he was.